Greetings, dear listeners. Today, we're talking about the film Pod People. Wait. Pod People. Pod. 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 I'm coming in from the Sunshine Chopper. Ben Sheets here. I'm not making any sense, Matisse Van Rossum. And I'm Cleveland Mosher. How's it going, y'all? Pretty good, pretty good. So this week was my pick, and... Because we lied once again about we did. Uh, yes. Roll Nightmare. Unforeseen circumstances came up, leading to that being delayed a little bit, but that's okay, because we get to cover the movie Pony Pool, which is uh, one of my favorite zombie movies of the last 10-15 years. I think it's fantastic, and... I'm probably going to be spending the whole podcast uh, defending it and singing its praises. Essentially, the premise, I, I guess you could say, in a way, it's what if the War of the Worlds broadcast was real? Take that, you know, fictionalized radio play and what if something crazy like that on the on the airwaves was real? So essentially, um, this shock jock radio host, Grant Mazzy. Uh, moves to a small town where he is taking the radio position on an early morning program. Uh, While they're doing the show, uh, some things happen, and things go awry, and... uh, Things go awry elsewhere, Yes, to be clear. Like, during his coverage, he starts hearing about, like, mob occurrences. And more and more strange things come in for him to report on. I don't know how into this I should get before we talk about it a little bit more. I think we can just start breaking it down from the beginning. Like, there's there's enough like good yeah. sequences. Yeah, I think that's a good call. We can just we can just cover it front to back. So I really love how this movie starts with the just like the dialogue itself. It almost reminds me of the opening of Candyman in a lot of ways. With, oh yeah, kind of. Uh, Stephen McCaddy has such a booming voice. It's, it's a perfect radio voice, honestly. Oh, yeah. true. And he's telling the story about this missing cat, and it's very cryptic and kind of spooky. It kind of really just sets the tone really well for the rest of the movie. It does. I I enjoyed the the intro sequence very much. I'm I'm kind of a sucker for that audio wave aesthetic, and it's implemented very well. I like how the the globing like aspect sort of pulls out from the center of of his words it reflects like the events of the film quite nicely it kind of cues you off towards the end to think that it's going to be conspiracy related in some way because he starts tying in the meaning of the town Pontypool and he he very quickly skews off towards like the JFK assassination yeah and i and- mean the way he talks in the first leg of the movie it seems like his original job was doing like conspiracy radio yeah, alex jones yeah. sort of stuff which take no prisoners yeah that's his like yeah. tagline which i thought was great like the yeah. the uh, it's a it's a great lead character to have in your film like this this alex jones-esque radio host who got fired for being a little bit too crazy a little bit too extreme and so now he's stuck in a small town doing small town radio very fun like, yeah it's a, it's it's a, a great fun premise. premise yeah like, definitely not like a a, a quote protagonist <laughs> as i would see uh, but very fun and uh, definitely an, a compelling character. He does a fantastic job, I, I think, in this movie, too. Yeah, front to back. I mean, this is a dialogue driven film. Almost the entirety of the film 
uh, takes place within the radio station, you know, where it's driven by external information coming in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just the, the viewer is is trapped sort of the entire film trying to disseminate the information and figure out, like, what is actually going on. And, yeah, that's where, like, some of my concerns with the film come up, but they're they're very minor. It falls into, like, a subgenre of, like, horror minimalism that I really like. It leaves a lot to the imagination in a lot of ways, it increases the tension because there's a lot of unknowns in the same way. Um, it's obvious that the budget for this movie was very low, but I think it works despite that because it is played out so minimalistically. It really helped because they they used their budget well where they had it. The set is great. The camera work is is quite good. The production quality of the film is quite high. Like it it feels it feels very clean. Yeah, and it, it needed to because because it's so audio driven that you you really want that fidelity. It definitely like helps put you in the moment, and that that film requires it in a way that generally like a I think a, a veneer of any kind would have would have hampered it or like a a low production aesthetic would have would have harmed the film I I was I was very okay with it like having a, a, a nice glossy look even though in, in most cases I wouldn't feel that way like films like bug for instance are, are I think a decent comparative uh, and they, they they touch on similar in a concepts. lot of ways yeah, yeah yeah um bug has a much more amateuristic sort of like approach whereas this film is a lot more clean and crisp and I think in this film, it pays better. Bug is trying to do something different. It's a little bit more about like paranoia and that's more of an effective thing. But here it's more, it's, it is keying in on the words themselves. Yeah. And I think the strength of the dialogue really helps give it that production quality. Oh yeah. I mean, if your, your film is about evil words and your, your dialogue is bad, you have problems. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) What it comes down to is it turns out this is a, zombie outbreak but it's not your typical zombies no it's (laughs) it is absolutely not no it's not i wasn't expecting that twist i was i was cool with it for a while i i think i think that you and i were probably not cool with it at the exact same moment if i i I think i think that the problems came up for us at the same time probably i think it's it sounds to me like like they 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 were larger problems for you than they were for me uh i did have a problem with it but anyway we're talking around it let's just yeah well uh okay so one of the things i hate is in the advertising and whatnot for this movie they call them zombies but they're not really zombies in a traditional sense no the idea is it's a virus that's spread through the english language essentially and it's turning people into feral yeah as soon as you explain it that's when it's kind of problematic for me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like as soon yes, as you say it's a virus that's spreading through the English language, it's like, ooh, wait, what? Like and up until and you say it, my... when you have the framing all around it, it's fine. Like and it's cool and it's kind of spooky. And but as soon as you my, you call uh, it what it yeah. is, it's like, oh man, that's that's. Mm, I don't know I, how I feel I about that. I don't agree with that's that though, because I think yeah, I think so. it's it's a very unusual premise, but it's played out in seriousness and with some weight and i think it has its own concrete set of rules and for those reasons i think it works all right well let me break let me break down i mean it has rules and that's good i agree with that but yeah are you is it a problem because it's far-fetched or no no? my problem is because Because it's a it's a is when you bring in Dr. Exposition and explain it, it sounds weird and goofy. 
Whereas and it takes when, the fear away. Whereas when you just imply it and are and are sort of dancing around what it is, but leaving enough clues for people to figure it out, it's sinister. And I was really loving that up until Dr. the doctor straight up just up until Doctor Exposition, because when he says it in words. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds it sounds silly. Yeah, it, and, it doesn't sound and that's, scary. And that's when I stopped taking it seriously. Yeah. And from that point to the end of the movie, I couldn't take anything that was happening seriously. Now that being said, I still enjoyed everything a lot up, of the things that happened up to that point. I thought yeah. was really it, good build. For me, it stopped being a horror movie at that moment, and it was it was gripping me, and I was I was horrified up until that moment. See, the the weird thing is, like, if this was a normal zombie movie, and Doctor Exposition came in to explain zombies we wouldn't really bat an eye because that happens in so many zombie movies that, that's not a justification though like no. I, at a certain point you know your zombie lore you don't need the exposition if you can figure out what's happening based on what you're seeing in the film that's always better than having somebody explain it to you like i i agree that movies like this have exposition but i think that that's a problem that they have the exposition dumps in this particular case it turns the premise from something very cool and spooky and esoteric into something silly and like oh man what if there was like a virus that like when you say certain words it like makes you go crazy man but the words are and, the virus but the words like, are the virus like no that's a cool piece of, that's an interesting piece of commentary i like the concept of like a mind virus and same. Like, I like a, a I, thought that like fucks with your head it's like just, that's as great soon as, as soon as you start trying to talk about it and explain it rationally you sound like a stoner well it's an inherently absurd premise right but the, so, the don't, so don't explain anything and just let me see the horror that comes from it because when it's doing that i think it's so effective. I was really hooked for all of like the first couple of acts in the buildup because I thought it was really fantastic. It's when you explain it that it's like, oh wait, this is actually silly. I've seen this movie several times at this point, and I think it works for me despite that because, well, partially because I've seen it several times and I don't have that exposition twist almost because it's clear from the start and you don't have to think too much about the surprise of the the dump as much, I guess. I can understand it being troublesome on your first watch, but like once you've bought into that and you see how it goes from the beginning, there's a lot of contextual... I mean, the majority of the film is built around the tension of not knowing, uh, I think of, the, of the, the beginning section. I think it's a clever... I think it's a very clever premise. I'm not denying that by any means. It's just the way that they try to explain it to us via exposition makes it harder for me to take it seriously as something spooky and clever whereas when they didn't when they weren't doing that i thought it was profoundly more effective because it's supposed to be a well, mind it's supposed to be a mind virus so let it infect the viewer in the same way without having to tell you what it is. But because I at think the same time... I think it's doing a good job of that until they do tell you what it is. My other point on that subject is also it, it feels sort of artificially deep to me because uh, let's, let's actually like dig into that concept, right? The words that you're saying carry a virus on them that affects your mind. How? 
what does that mean? Like, I, I say a word, and then suddenly you are infected by the... It, well, they, the doctors they do decide, the, like, explain that a little bit. It's, it's, it's spread by saying the it's, word, it's, but not by contact, not by blood. said and understood as the word. So is it a virus? Like, how does that operate? How, how do you become infected by understanding a word? How, how does that work? Do we need it, it, to know how it works? It's, yes, because it's... Inception, it's, man. Because otherwise, it's it's not a finished thought. Like, otherwise, it is not complete. And to explain it to that point, but not further, it is just the weirdest spot to stop in the logic of this concept. Because if you're going to leave me on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what is going on, what is happening, to be delivered with something that makes absolutely no sense, that cannot be, like, put under a lens, because it breaks. There's no way to to conceptualize that idea that we're pulling from right now. I'm sure there is. Like, I'm sure there is a cool well, okay. way you could do I, it. I, 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 will, I actually have a defense of, of this, yeah. uh, because the way I look at it is, I, I, I give this example halfway as a joke, half serious. It is, it's fucking Inception, man. You plant an idea and then it grows and then they think they had the idea and they believe it. You know, it's it's that kind of it's that kind of dumb bullshit. But like when the the guy is talking to them on the phone and he's talking about like he's hiding and all of the zombies are like all chanting like uh, something about U-boats. If you look at it from the perspective of conspiracy theory and stuff like that, that kind of stuff is a mind virus, whereas you say it. Somebody understands it, it clicks with them, and then they believe it. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't infect the people who inf- don't understand it because they don't believe it. You know, I and from that perspective, I think it's a clever. It's, it's an a cool infection metaphor. of your linguistic center of your brain, like, essentially. Yeah, and I you know? love that as a metaphor. Yes, it works well as a metaphor, and I think in terms of how they executed in the movie, I think it's executed pretty well. The quote-unquote zombies turn into essentially radio beacons where they just uh, repeat whatever is nearby that is making noise in hopes to transmit. Which is rad. Yeah. And like if... Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Right. I just... How how their brain is broken to begin with is just the part that I'm stuck on. Like, well, it's it's the same sort of idea of learning language to begin with. It's the linguistic centers of your brain getting into a feedback loop, and it's spreading through that center of your brain. Right. Okay. Now, why it causes them to vomit up all of their guts if they don't spread the virus to somebody else... That I don't fully understand. Well, they did. They did, say, they did say that they spread it and then kill themselves. No, sure, sure yeah, but... I, I got that. I don't really understand why. I thought from a visual perspective, it was pretty cool when the chick was trying to get into the sound booth the whole time, and then she eventually just vomited her guts all over the the glass and died. Like, I think it's cool. I like I like the idea of, like, the self-destructing zombies. If they don't infect you in time, they just blow up. It's cool. I don't know why it's happening. Yeah. I don't necessarily need uh, yeah, to Yeah, I don't why. really need to know why. I don't need to know why. And right. that's, generally, just, that's generally my problem with the other stuff in the movie is but, I don't need to know why. Yeah, yeah. and just, I, just I don't, think that's very fair. Other, otherwise, tell me. Because like, anime does this a lot, too. Where they they present you, we they drop you into a world. Anime. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but I, I think I think this is a valid this is a valid comparative because anime uh, very often like drops the viewer into a world without any understanding of what's going on, 
and then presents you with the rule construct in a left-handed manner. So you're left trying to figure out what is going on, you know, in this environment. I like to use anime in particular for this comparative because lots of thrillers and horror films do this as well. But anime often does it with very, very wacky concepts, you know, like death gods or something wacky. In that format, I'm not expecting the, the result to make any sense. You know, like, but well, in this format, I kind of was like, uh, I was, I was expecting like some kind of, because I mean, it, when, it, when it provides you with such obscure data points, like when you start hearing about the zombies, like speaking and saying like weird things and weird, like conspiratorial stuff, like I was fucking hooked. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm thinking like, oh, what's going to happen? And to be clear, I still love the movie after that happened. Like I'm going to give this movie lo- lots of stars. It, it's really my, my only, my only complaint. But when you're expecting to have all of the the pieces come together at some point, to have them kind of presented like haphazardly from this doctor. Who oh. literally crawls in the window of the radio station in order to hang out, give his exposition dump, and then crawls back out the same window and immediately becomes a zombie. Well, I, I do, I do want to explain that a little bit. They introduce him right at the beginning. He was the doctor who was being swarmed at the beginning. Right, you hear on, and, the, on the news uh, that they're the, the people are swarming around his practice yeah and uh he was giving out too many prescriptions or whatnot so you know at first you'd believe you know they were just angry about not getting there uh well because he was uh, yeah he was under investigate they they say that on the radio they say he was under investigation for yeah like giving out like prescription i appreciate that as somewhat of a red herring as well because like going into it knowing it's a zombie film it's like oh this doctor has been writing improper prescriptions you know is he responsible for the zombie outbreak i think that 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 is a a nice red herring but then my problem is with how they actually physically introduce his character into the movie what they do with him and then how they have him exit so which i think is very his, his exiting was was a bit of an issue i liked how he just kind of crawled in I, I i thought that was kind of fun um i overall too like i didn't like how he was used as a mechanism but i did like the doctor character the thing is like i think it's almost one of those damned if you do damned if you don't kind of thing because as you were saying you would like more rules to how that happens and like with such a limited perspective and single location it's not super easy to describe some of that and if you leave it too esoteric people are just going to be like this it makes no sense. It's definitely know? a hard line to line to walk. Like See, I'll I'll absolutely give that to the to the movie. It is not an easy balance to maintain. The thing is, the thing I is, is like I I felt like when I was watching this movie that I was getting there. Like I I was picking up the information that I needed to from the film, yep. and I was putting the pieces together properly. And then when the doctor comes in. And just does the exposition. It dump. takes it, it from you. It almost, yeah, exactly. It gave me kind of a feeling of like, oh, well, I was on my way to working that out myself. Like, why'd you just why'd you just say it? It sounds dumb when you say it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was doing such a good job of taking this very abstract, esoteric concept of a mind virus that's transmitted by language and actually making me get it without giving away any of that information. 
And it's like, well, maybe people will be too dumb to get it. So exposition here for a while. That's what it felt like to me. And I've I've brought that up as problems yeah. in previous films. Yeah. It's just an, an issue for me. Because, again, like, the concept is quite scary. And I think that there's even, like, a way that you can address the concept and dis- and um, and reveal the concept in yeah. dialogue in a way well, they... that maintains the fear. But with the doctor, like, just being like, oh, yes, uh, uh, reading lips, reading lips. Oh, it's this. Hey, this is what the virus is. And just like giving me that like that full like explanation of it. Oh, and not just saying this is what the virus is. Very clearly saying like what what are his words exactly? Like oh, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's rambling. But yeah, like... one of the things I actually liked about that character is while it is very exposition dumpy, it seems as he it, they write it as so that he's discovering some of that as we're learning it. Right, he's narrating his discovery. And, like, so some of the authenticity and reliability of that information can kind of be put into question because of that. I I will say I do appreciate that Stephen McHattie's character, like, when he's saying those things, they have shots of him just, like, looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? Which is why I thought it was, which is why I thought that was going to be another red herring or, like, a joke or something, or, like, an oversimplification of what was happening because of the way they're treating the reveal of that information. I'm like, yes, it is ridiculous. Thank you for validating that. And then they turn around and be like, oh, well, it, it's ridiculous, but that's also just what's well, happened. The, the right. way I, I was like, like uh, mm, it, it was no, like, no, 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 no like, up like until that, that point, there was, there was still, like, some room for the film to just have the doctor be, like, an entirely unreliable narrator. But they go on to prove what he said was right. Yeah. Like, and that... That was that's, that that, that's, that's, that makes like, it also yeah. problematic. If the doctor was was exclusively like was an unknown, like if if his facts weren't necessarily validated, the film would leave us with the virus. But it doesn't. The film concludes with that conversation. Once we understand what it is, the rest is largely futile. I mean, it just changes the arc of the the rest of the movie, I think. Because where the first 2 thirds or so are about what is going on, what is happening, the last third, once we once we have that, it turns into a very different movie. Right, and the problem is, is it doesn't just change the arc, it changes the tone. For me, it very much so stopped being a horror film once we understood what it was. It came through in the characters for me as well. There are some more, like, comedic moments. The film had comedic moments leading up through Throughout, it, yeah. I but think it does a good job of dark comedy. I do think it, it does. becomes a little bit goofier in that third act. And yeah. It's a, little bit, it's a little bit tonally jarring. Yeah, and, that too. and again, like, up until that sequence, I w- there were a couple times I was, like, jumping. The jump scares are quite good in this film, by yeah. the way. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not one for those, and it, it got me good. I think the some of the best moments are... Uh, the phone calls with the with the uh, Sonny Chopper man, whatever that. Oh, they were great. Uh, Front yeah. to back, I yeah. loved all Ken, of those. Ken uh, Ken Loney. Ken Loney, yeah. I I thought that like once he's like hiding and he's like calling them and reporting them, like that's some legit very spooky stuff. When he talks about like what's her face's son who is like broken into the house and he didn't have any hands and all of his body parts are broken and he like holds his phone up to his mouth and he's it's like it sounds like a like an infant screaming it from inside his lungs or whatever yeah. it's like that's fucking spooky that's that's yeah. cool like give me give me more of that 
that stuff is like the right way to do that Orson Welles radio horror kind of thing. Leave so much up to your imagination, but give you pertinent clues that you can start like putting those pieces together yourself. All of that well, is and really well done. I, I think they do that very well for, I, I would say, probably the first two, two-thirds, two-thirds of, the of the movie or so. Yeah, it's all of my problems are in the third act, and I have a lot of problems and with the Even if, like, and and I feel like most of those problems would have gone away for me if, if they just they just cut that monologue from the Doctor. If they just turned I, that, maybe I, 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 I would, I would wonder because uh, I liked, I liked a lot of, I liked a lot of parts in the third act. Like, I don't, like even I, still, I don't like how they cure the the mind virus. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I, it does not do anything for me. Right, because the, the because kill, again, like it's the not kill a, is kill is kiss thing. Yeah. I thought that was so corny. Yeah, like it's really tricky because, and again, like we're talking about that that line that line to walk. Oh man, like that that's what I mean. It's like the killer's kiss thing. Like so if you if you change the word, you escape the feedback loop because you're not if you understand it as something other than it is, then it no longer has the same yeah. infected but, meaning. But how do but you you're, yeah. you're literally just substituting it for a completely and, different And how word. do you like it's, enter uh... that feedback loop to begin? I know we've already said it's it's from like understanding the word. Right. But yeah. that's so that's the mechanism of it. But, but how does it affect you? Some words are yeah, are right? infected. Like, Why does it like, turn you into a zombie? Yeah. That stuff I'm I'm okay with that. I'm willing to let my suspension of disbelief yeah, and in, like, a, in a horror film, I'm willing and to let it's, that it's one of those things where we have such a limited perspective of what's going on that it doesn't bother me as much. If it was like a World War Z type of thing and Ugh. they didn't give us this type of explanation, yeah, that would hurt. you know, but like since it's so limited and we're in the same world and the same level of understanding as the characters a lot of times, it isn't as problematic for me. Yeah, the the framing of it was so great well into the film. And if I had been left with just, we have a zombie outbreak situation, they are babbling incoherently. You know, you start to see it in people when they enter like a, a verbal feedback loop. Yeah, because They're trying to from, track the get... source of their own feedback loop. Instead of like going for brains, they're going for like the source of their feedback loop. You they're trying to bounce a radio from, signal. You get all of that from uh, from the, the intern turning as well. And I think that is Yeah, fine. it's awesome. Well, because also it's well, like you seem to get a little bit of it with Stephen McHattie's character. Like it seems like he's starting to enter that feedback loop. But he doesn't really. He just kickstarts the interns, and I think all of that is great. And that's before they explain anything. Well, that's and at the same time they explain it's, stuff. It's immediately before that that they start explaining things because they actually go outside first and then come back in, and that's when the the intern goes full zombie. Yeah, right as he's coming in as well. Right. Yeah, it's basically at the same time in the movie. It happens leading up to that. Then the doctor comes in. He we does get the first traces dub. of it, and then it kicks into full gear and as he's giving that explanation. And that's when it goes sour. Yeah. That's my point. I'm saying the build-up to all of that is just stuff that we're seeing without the exposition. And then as soon as they provide the expository context... It becomes less interesting. Yeah, the, the result know, of they're telling of the me intern, rather than showing me. Right when, when they're telling you while showing, which is almost harder to forgive. Let the sequence with the intern occur, 
and let me still wonder what's going on for a little bit. Like, and I don't get the opportunity to be left in fear when her, like, after her character. Like, I think I would have even been is, more is okay with them having a couple of more throwaway characters working in the radio station just people who could become infected and die so we can see what's happening rather than being told. Even if those characters only purpose is for that, I would have preferred uh, it to the I exposition. I don't know about that. So, I yeah, think like the family coming through served that purpose quite well. Lawrence and the Arabian. Oh, that like, was that like, was great. Great front to back. That. I thought front that was to back. Awesome. Like loved it. Like very, very funny. Lawrence is the guy is Tony Burgess who wrote the book and the screen. Ah, no shit. So that was his that was his cameo. Oh, that's excellent. I, I was reading that they also did at the same time as this movie, they did it as a radio play, a fifty eight minute radio play. I'm sure that's a Banger. I oh, feel they, like yeah, this would translate pretty yeah, well to radio. Yeah, it's shorter, and they, I think that aired on the BBC. Um, I'd be curious about that. I'm wondering how much of it oh, what translates. Was the, what was also, the title of the book? It's really good. Uh, Pony Pool Changes Everything? Yeah, yeah like that's that. a great title. And it, because it, 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 it reveals the, the nature of the virus, mm-hmm. right? Like, like Pony Pool Changes Everything. Like, very cool. I, I love that. That's, yeah. that's great again it's such a it's such a hard line to walk down because with such a high concept esoteric premise you do run the risk of leaving people completely confused and frustrated in this case i think that's a risk you take yeah it's it's I, a horror film it's a thriller film like being confused and frustrated like comes with the territory and- i i think it would have worked either way but i think it still works for me at least in spite of it and I, maybe, don't let me take that from you yeah either. like and that's th- that's, that's you, you are it, you're worked, wrong. Yeah. it was working great for me for over half of the film it was just the third act where it completely lost me yeah. which is a shame because i did really like the first two acts also i feel lot. i feel like um stephen mccaddy uh did a terrible job of explaining the virus on the radio Oh, at the very yeah, end. Yeah, he did a really bad job. Oh, of dude, that's the virus that was my that, honestly that might have been my least favorite part of the movie yeah. is when he's giving this totally rambling nonsense speech to try to like save everybody, and it keeps cutting back to to the producer, what's her name, Sydney, just like smiling and nodding at what he's saying I, like while the station is crumbling around what him. i love that I about that, that though is after during the credit sequence they're they're doing like news broadcasts from afterwards and they mention how mazzy was spouting incoherent nonsense on i like the radio. that at least, at least they're self at least they're self-aware about you it. know i appreciate yeah. that and i also appreciate that immediately after that the government just drops bombs on the radio station. Oh, yeah. They just, they just bomb them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. That was great. Yeah. It's like, yeah, at this point, just end it. Yeah. Like, I, will, I will say, like, it is true. Like, we touched on a good, a good point about self-awareness. Like, the problem that I have with that film and that expo that I'm seeing, the film even notes on it. You, you already said that about Hattie's character, but like him, him, uh, you know, rolling his eyes when the doctor says that the writers were aware of it like well that's the thing it's like 
you have your character rolling their eyes about it, but it doesn't seem it still somehow doesn't seem like the writers are rolling their eyes about it, which is confusing and weird to me. It's like they're acknowledging that it's nonsense, but they're still validating it with making it factual. That's a, a problem that I had with it. I, I love the self-awareness and I like that they have that over the credits of like various radio stations talking mm-hmm. about like what was uh, Garrett Mazzi talking about? Like it sounded like nonsense. I appreciate that because it is 100% nonsense. Yeah. And I, I love that it's such a special moment in the movie, but recontextualized out of the, out of those two themselves. Like it's gobbledygook nonsense, you know, it, it, it redeems and, it a little bit with the credits, but definitely in the moment I was really frustrated with them. Like, I don't know why this is happening. Like it, it's like they're trying to make a sincere, heartfelt, like sacrificial moment out of this complete absurd bullshit, and that that didn't work for me in the moment. The self awareness came from the main character feeling like what was going on was stupid, like was was a was was a dumb idea and and nonsense. When they then fact check and then prove that that is what's going on. The film is just telling me that their own concept is dumb. It's dumb. Like, right. like yeah. what? <laughs> like, why? Are, why? Like, why would why would film do that? Especially when it's been doing a great job before that of convincing me that its concept is not dumb. Yeah, a great job. <laughs> like, a great that, job. That's the thing. That's the that's it. Not, almost, not only dumb, but a great concept. It almost it yeah. almost feels like self sabotage a mm-hmm. little bit. That's the way it came off to me. Not to take away from, once again, like the really great buildup in the first two acts, because I think that it does set a really strong precedent, and it's probably why I'm mostly frustrated with the third act, is because it didn't live up to what I wanted it to be. I think it ends appropriately bleak. Like, it's not a happy ending when they just bomb the radio station and... Everyone dies, you know? Right, it feels, uh, it feels a little bit undeservedly triumphant, but I do like that they just kill the characters mm-hmm. right after that. Yeah, and that yeah. their message doesn't make it through because they, they said garbled ego. Even, even though, like, they were they were cogent, they were sentient, and they, they had already, ex- they had just explained what the virus was to each other. There was nothing stopping him from explaining what the virus was over the radio. Yeah, she just says there's no time for a list, so then he just starts listing alternatives for random words yeah yeah like it's, it's, literally yeah. the least ineffective way to do it yeah. and he's proven him like they've, they've all proven themselves like to have logic through this situation and also he is a communicator by trade it makes literally no sense to me why he couldn't actually just explain what he had already just explained five minutes ago it doesn't make any sense i think what was being attempted there is less him trying to explain what to do to survivors and trying to directly influence people who were succumbing to the virus at the time. Changing the word specifically. I don't know if it was conveyed super well. He was essentially doing the kill is kiss thing to the people outside. The people outside. Yeah, I can dig on that somewhat, but I feel yeah. like you can do both. 
Like, see, because all, all you have think... to say is it's a mind virus. Like you get caught in a feedback loop and then just start listing off those things or or something. But that's literally all you have to say. That takes away time to de-emphasize more words. Like the whole point was to get as many words off as possible to decontextualize as many words, to get as many trigger words as possible. But there's like thousands and thousands of words. Like that's futile. Whereas like explaining to other people how to solve the problem could could prevent the global outbreak. Again, he wasn't doing it to survivors though. He was trying to decontextualize it to stop it from spreading more to people who are succumbing to it right outside. The people right outside are being bombed, though. That's true. I mean, people in the rural area, you know? They both serve the same purpose. It just one is way more effective. Like, if you explain to all the other people who have not succumbed yet how to cure it, as opposed to just trying to cure it single-handedly, you're going to do it. Also, like, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of words. It's futile. Just explain it. Like, just just say, like, what's wrong, what is what is affecting all these people, and then, and then try to do it. The, like, for all the, the same reasons. Because, again, if you're just trying to, to cure those singular people, you're going to fail, and he does, because of a stupid reason. It's, it's problematic to me. I think him saying it's a mind virus would have been even cornier, though. Well, that's not what I said. Saying it's a feedback loop, the virus is being spread by that. And the film has already said that, and it was corny. And that's the problem. <laughs> right. That's, that's <laughs> like, the root. Having yeah, him... that, that's the root of the issue, yeah. exactly. <laughs> In, if, if the movie had taken... If so if that wasn't the, the, the thing, or if the thing was more slightly yeah. more complex than that... it. You know. If the movie had gone the the route that would have satisfied me to begin with, it wouldn't have ended. We wouldn't be here at all. It wouldn't yeah. have ended with very true with the kill is kiss thing, and then them going on the radio and listing out alternative words. They explaining the the premise and making it sound silly is the catalyst that led to all of that. So like, go back to the start and don't do that, and then do something better. I don't know what, but I mean, just yeah, just like recontextualize like the virus. Like tell less, tell less, show more. I, it would be great like, to have them if it's an actual virus. Oh, I don't virus. want them to sh- literally show more, though. Oh, you know, no. like the the charm of this is having single location. You know, that's not what I mean. No, yeah. I mean, show more in your world building. That doesn't necessarily mean show more outside the world, but give us more physical evidence that we can put the pic- the pieces together ourselves rather than having convenient exposition dump character. I don't want that. Like, have I more... think they do so much of that, though. You know, whether it's uh, the old granny and then they talk later about hearing stuff about U-boats or, you know, right. the, the Ken Loney which is Right, and that's, that's my point. All of that stuff is awesome. Stick the landing by carrying that on to a satisfying conclusion instead of undercutting all of that really good world building that they do beforehand by just explaining everything and then having it lead to a nonsensical ending. All of the stuff you're listing is the stuff that I love about the movie and I want I wanted it to end the way that it was going because th- I think that would have been a much more powerful, satisfying film. Yeah, for, for me, it could go either way. Like, I could I could see it either just being recontextualized or same premise and just not explained. But Or if you just changed it a little bit and had it be there was there is an actual virus virus and it is it is activated that way or, or, or something. 
I mean, it is activated with a word. Yeah, but they they almost present it as like it's it's being carried by that. It just it seems it's goofy. It's it has its own set of rules and it's very unique. Once again, I think it's a tricky one here because it's so esoteric that you know if you're not getting it by two thirds into the movie. I don't think it's too insulting to anyone's intelligence to explain it a little bit more. And I don't think it's excessively... They they do some intelligent things with the Doctor to make it a little less exposition dumpy. Uh, mostly in that he's discovering it in the moment with them. And I mean, how, he doesn't how he truly doesn't understand it either. Dump, but, but yeah. Like, well, I mean, how the exposition dump is executed is important. And I don't think it's just him knowing everything right out the gate. You know, there is a point of discovery in that character, and that makes it a little more forgivable in the movie because it's not just, oh, deus ex machina, suddenly it all makes sense. You I mean, know, that is worse, yes. They, they do things to mitigate it is all i'm saying in that you know like i don't think the the doctor character while he is a little over the top and while it is very direct in his placement in the movie i don't think it's insulting to anyone's intelligence to have him in there it's serving that purpose it wasn't my intelligence that was insulted it was that the concept was presented to me in a way that gave me fear and by holding a flashlight to it and showing me what it actually is, which is a high-concept, goofy thing, it takes the fear away from me. That's not why I want to watch a horror movie. I want to watch a horror movie to be scared. Like, and it was doing such a good job of that. If I'm, I'm trying to get a bead on what this concept is, and I think I know what it is, but I'm not totally sure what it is, I still don't have a full grasp of it, and it's scary. But as soon as you shine a light on it, you lose the fear. And that that was the moment for me where that that dissipated. It's still weird because I I think that's an argument to be made with very high concept stuff like this. But like when it's any other type of creature feature horror movie, you know, like if we know the concept, it can still be very scary. You know, it's a weird line to ride. And I think it's because this movie is so high concept that like. I agree that over-explaining it can be a little problematic, but I think, again, it's a it's a tricky line because I feel like you kind of need to explain a little bit of it. I think it is a tricky line. I think that the film does cross it. I think it barely does, but it does, like for me. Like, I, it is a hard line to walk, and they, they almost walk it. Yeah, like, I, and I, and for me that um, I almost find more frustrating because they almost did walk it, which can in some cases be less frustrating than when a film steps well over the line and just and just biffs it you know from the start or whatever else like i usually don't care as much but like when a film has me you know like yeah and like it just i i was and, i felt a little let down by it think, so like i think it's why i'm taking it almost kind of personally like like in that and I, and I shouldn't i should step back away from the film some well but, no i i think i think in that respect it does feel a little bit insulting to my intelligence because it was doing such a good job of making me feel clever in tantalizing me with the pieces of information that I needed to figure it and out. And what a perfect environment own. to do that and with, then, too. Great and setting. Then when it, and then when it just drops the ball, it's it feels like it's saying, 
I don't think you were actually smart enough to really figure out what we were trying to say. So we'll so just dump so the we'll information. Just, so yeah. we'll just tell you. And that is, it's like, well, no, I was I was working my way there. I, I almost got it, you know? Like, that that is, in the sense, calling insulting my intelligence. I feel like at some point, though, you do have to explain what it is, especially if you're you're going into the third act with trying to find a solution to the virus by decontextualizing words. You have to explain that words are the cause of this rather than just having beacons, you know? But you can do that by showing it rather than by telling it. Say you take two characters, one of them becomes infected, starts repeating a word over and over again. You start to see that. And then one of the other characters starts repeating the same word and then maybe switches to a different word. And you see that it is the the transmission of the words themselves and the feedback loop that is creating this altered state of mind. That's how you, you show it and it's like, oh, okay, it's a mind virus, it's translated by something... I might not understand it fully, but I get that it has something to do with language and that it, it infects the mind and it's not like... Uh, it's not like a bacteria or a virus or something, you know, it's something higher form, then you can figure that out on your own. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. I might not understand everything behind it, but that's okay. I get it enough to follow the story and figure out what's going on. And they don't do that. And that's that's where I do find it a little bit insulting. And it's like, I understand there's a line and some people won't pick up on stuff like that. But as a filmmaker, at a certain point, you have to decide, like, how far do I want to dumb down my film, especially if it's high concept? Like, do you do you choose to, like, stay true and, like, let the high concept work itself out and maybe some people just won't get it? Or do you dumb it down and alienate the people who were enjoying having something a little bit more subtle that was being like fed to them like a trail of breadcrumbs rather than on a big fucking spoon, you know? And it is a line. And I think that for me, they fell on the wrong side of that line and dumbed it down too much. Halfway into the film. Yeah. Mechanically, like they were, they were setting me up to think that they weren't going to do that. Right. Like, See, and I've seen... again, it's, it is the perfect environment for that. Like it's that, it's that world of the world situation like, you only they're know getting, based they're getting on drip what fed information from outside. Yeah. yeah, you don't know what you can and can't trust because you're not experiencing any of it firsthand. Mm-hmm. You're in sort of like they call it even a dungeon. You know, it's an underground radio station basement. Like that's such a perfect like sealed insular yeah. location. Mm-hmm. Like just keep me there. Like yeah. and and I'd be more than willing to forgive the film for not following through the next position because we're we're not here for that. We're here for the character story. We're here for for these these people and what happens to them during this event. Like most zombie films, all the films don't explain the outbreak. Like for that same reason. And yeah. if if you can just be there with those characters and and you know see whether or not they get through the events as they try and understand it. You know, and it might be beyond their grasp. And they might not have the all of the context in that environment. Then just don't give them the context. It's like like otherwise it feels like the plot needing to and move on. And here's the its thing, own. because I've and, seen this movie several times, and that section really does not bother me very much. And I wonder if it's because I've seen it so many times 
because it I feel be like some of it is the the twist of not having all of those clues in rather than knowing what you're going in for and seeing the bits and pieces of it revealed as they come now, and knowing the premise. I, I agree. That. I agree that watching the film multiple times will almost always give you fresh context and perspective. And you might be right. If I watch this movie a few more times, that moment might bother me less. The problem is if it's something that bothers me egregiously on the first watch, I'm much less likely to go back and watch it again. It's the kind of thing where like, if I was like hanging out with people and somebody put on Pontypool, I would watch it and I might get that, that contextual stuff from it and be like, Oh, you know, I didn't look at this the right way the last time, you know, now I, now I kind of see what they're going for. But the problem is like, I'm not feeling like I want to sit down and watch this movie again because I was so frustrated by by the third act. Yeah, and, and again, a film that is designed to drip-feed you information in a thriller environment where you are supposed to slowly figure out what is going on based around like information decontextualized, the first viewing is the most important one. This is, this is somewhat of an unfair comparison, but I want to make it anyway. Is like Tarkovsky is really good at doing what I wanted this movie to do. If you look at, like, a handful of his films, like Stalker, for example, Ben, you and I just watched that recently. They never really explain what the zone is at all. We see what it does to people who are there. We can get an idea about some of its rules based on the character's actions, based on what the Stalker is doing to keep his two charges safe. You know, but even by the end of it, we're not much closer to understanding what the zone actually is. And how much more terrifying is it for that? Does that make the film less satisfying? And he does the same thing with, like, with uh, Solaris. Like, what is really going on aboard that ship? We have some idea. Yeah, and I mean, I I appreciate films that are ambiguous or obtuse, you know? But I, I think the... Exposition was kind of necessary for the arc of the the Mazzy character to make him feel like he's having some sort of redemption, even if it is futile in the end. It completes the arc of the character it could in, a, in an important way. It, that, that could be true. You know? I, think, I think you could do it similarly without, with him just trying to put the pieces together from the context of the stuff he's seen. And I think it would make him his... It, uh, yeah, the arc would have been more gratifying if he'd done it himself. It would have made him much more unreliable at the end when he does go into the booth and give his nonsense address. It would feel a little bit more like a crazy person... You know, just like Alex Jones rambling. That's exactly... If if we saw him putting together the pieces from the limited amount of information that he had received, and then I think it would would be spookier, too, because it's like, what is... Like, I still don't really know the exact details of this mind virus. Is he infected by the virus? Is that why he's rambling this nonsense on the radio? Has he become infected by it from trying to figure out what it is and failing? This is exactly why earlier I was saying I feel like the film would have succeeded much better for me if I had viewed it with the doc that single like doctor sequence cut. Because I personally didn't have a huge problem with the killer's kiss thing. I didn't no, have me uh, I didn't have a problem I with so I thought it was goofy <laughs> out of I thought it was goofy with the doctor's context, but I feel I would have felt it to be much less goofy 
like oh, yeah. without that context because those characters would have been much more alienated it would have been it would have felt with him like just fumbling and trying anything he could and then it would have been a much better epiphany moment if, of it actually working but with the doctor having given him that information beforehand it took away from that and that's my point like if it's that like if that if that had just been cut that's that's all it would have taken for me i think and then, and then the rest like would have felt like oh was it him spiraling out or did he have it right we don't know Ooh, that's great. Like, and that's all it would have taken from him. Yeah. And I think there's definitely approaches they could have taken to make that more feasible. Mm-hmm. And you get hints of it throughout earlier in the movie. You know, they, they have the the warning signal in French that cuts Oh, in. I love that. that. Um, oh, that's that such a awesome. good part. Because, like, end, like, I love how the, the end of the message says, do not translate. Yeah. Like, Instead of fu- starting the message, yeah. Like, yeah. do not translate this. What a great fuck yeah. you moment. I, I loved that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that, it's yeah. fantastic. They they could have, you know, done more with stuff like that to kind of get them to speak French a little bit because the way they do it now is just through the doctor. Yeah, he's just um, like, it's only transmitted through the English language. Yeah. Okay, why? Okay, cool, yeah. like I think that there are ways that they could have handled it a little bit more cleverly that wouldn't have felt quite so dumbed down for me. I do think that there, that being said, there are a lot of really great things about this film, and I am always more frustrated with a film when I like it until the end. I love how the majority of the horror, essentially, scenes that we get are just audio retellings of what's happening. It leaves so much to the imagination. I love that. I, I agree with that to the extent that I also want to kind of go back and say I don't, I don't know why I was defending the new Pet Cemetery so much for all the same reasons <laughs> we talked about on the podcast. It's like, yeah, no, I, I dig that. I, I dig that hard. A lot of cool moments. A lot of cool moments. Uh, the intro, uh, him driving along the road with the cell phone is nice. I kept waiting for his car to crash. Uh, <laughs> they, they build tension quite well. Well, you get the first uh, infected... Uh, when he stops at the station. Yeah, does she say anything? She, Yeah, she does, but he can't hear it because his windows, windows are rolled up. Because she's seeking. Yeah. And then, she, cool, and then she wanders off. Yeah. That's right. Like, recontextualizing that stuff is really cool. Because they make... They, oh, you know what? Fuck, yeah. You know what? It's really fucking right, too. Because he makes a he... point about saying, like, I could... She was... She was sound like she was ranting something but i couldn't hear what she said yeah. well also also during that sequence when he rolls the window down he 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 shouts out and there's an echo effect that doesn't sound like yeah, him and yeah. it's people out yeah. there they're just repeating that's fucking it. great yeah that's and they do a lot of that very subtly too yeah that um, stuff is great that's the level of subtle I they they oh, yeah. like ken yeah, loney talks great. about them chanting things and yeah. in reality that's just repeating things we have that fantastic scene where laurelan begins babbling and uh the the tea kettle goes off oh yeah and, and she imitates the tea kettle, the tea kettle. Yeah. yeah and it transitions yeah. to her doing that very well god what a what an audio an audiophile stream like this this movie is just so so delicious to my ear holes i like the uh the lead's voice just all the foley play it's it's great it's i great. uh i saw that the writer and the director are like like, yeah, this is a zombie movie, but they're not called zombies. We call them conversationalists. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, it's... God, yeah. if that isn't my problem yeah. with this film. Like, yeah. God, if that isn't my problem with it. But, yeah, that's uh, what I mean, man. Don't. I mean, I, I like that they're trying to do something different, 
But no, no I, please I, do. I encourage it. Like I one hundred percent appreciate the originality. Yeah, it's, it's definitely awesome. it's definitely the freshest take on zombies I've seen in a long time. And even like concept shit. It's one of I the best. Concept. In in my opinion, it's one of the best zombie movies in the last ten or twenty years. Just because we haven't had that many good ones. In right, fairness, it's been a very low bar. But it's it's up there for me just yeah. because of how original it is and how much mileage they get out of drip feeding you and kind of the limited perspective yeah you know the the conversationalist thing almost makes me feel like the writer and director are a little bit too self-satisfied with how clever they were and that might explain why they dumbed it down because that i could very well see them being like like yeah man this is really great stuff but you know I don't know if people will will get how cerebral this is, man. Like, I don't know if they'll be able to get it. We should probably just have somebody explain it at some point, because people who watch the movie aren't smart enough like us. Allegedly. That's complete conjecture. But the conversationalist thing gives me that kind of vibe from yeah. them. They're not zombies, they're conversationalists. Well, I know this is based on a book. I wonder if the, the doctor is in there. Um, yeah, I'd be curious you know, to see how much they yeah. explain. Because, it, like, in, the books are just such a great medium for, like, exploring, like, the dissemination of information in ways that film, in some cases, can't do. Well, um, that's... When it that's, comes to, like, tracking data. And I, I'd i be very keen to see this in, in novel form, also radio play form. Well, yeah, like, like, I, uh, like we mentioned before, this is also a radio play. And, and it's shorter. It probably translates really well. I think, honestly, this is a story where I think it probably translates best to a form with audio, just because there's that directness. Probably. You know, written word is, you know, always going to give you some subtext and some extra information. But when the concept And also it can is, send you down more rabbit holes. Yes. As well. And this film loved to do that in a lot of, in a lot of cool ways. Like, yeah, and I, I I I tend to like books that do that, you know, uh, House of Leaves, Luminatus, things like that. Like I like being thrown down those, you know, that just those, those mazes of letters, you know, mm-hmm. and and trying to and just being some wild goose chases that in some cases don't even lead anywhere. Like that, yeah, that House can be of really Leaves fun. Does that really well. Oh yeah, it's a labyrinth. And uh, this film almost was, <laughs> it almost was that. Uh, but I'm 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 repeating myself. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm good to rate this unless y'all have other points you want to bring up. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much good to rate it. Why don't you start? This is well, your choice. Uh, again, this was the uh, Pony Pool Defense Hour. I really love this movie. I think it's super inventive. They do so much with so little in this movie. Uh, my last couple picks have also been kind of minimalistic horror. But I yeah, think you went from bug to pony pool both. Well, bug to uh, cube to pony pool to cube to pony yeah. pool, which is yeah, also right. minimal. Um, you could call cube a single location. Yeah, yeah, so, it it definitely sure. is, and it's definitely a minimalistic horror movie. Um, but I think the reason yeah. why I love minimalistic horror so much is it leaves so much to the imagination. And leaves so much unknown. And I know that's your guys' biggest problem, ultimately, is where that ends up taking us. But I think still, it's very inventive. The dialogue is super sharp. Uh, McCaddy gives a great performance. Um, what a great radio voice. And I think overall, it's 
it's really well done. I've seen this movie several times and have shown it to several people, and it's always a very divisive movie. Some people are like, this should just be a radio play. Other people are like, this is amazing. Um, so it's always a toss-up. And I've seen people who got the, the twist right away and others who did not. Um, so it's always interesting to see new new perspectives on that. Um, overall, I'm going to give this a four and a half out of five. I think it's really great. I'm a little bummed that you guys didn't like it quite as much, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, the reason I'm so frustrated with it is because I was liking it so much, and and I felt I felt a little betrayed by the turn the third act took. Also, just because I felt the third act is where it sort of devolved into more of what I would expect from a zombie film, still with with a creative twist, and I very very much appreciate that originality. I love the idea of the mind virus. I love the idea of zombies as like little individual radio antennas that are just trying to transmit and receive signals. Cool. I think that's a very, very cool premise. I love the minimal setting. Uh, I thought the performances were great. I don't know, honestly, if, if I would or wouldn't say that this would be better as a radio play. I think all of the story aspects you can get across without any visuals. But having a little bit of the the visual setting, I think, is is helpful. Quite in sort of, uh, especially with like all the winter stuff, and they're always and they're talking how much they're talking about winter and how much uh, Mazzy hates the cold and stuff. So. It's it, claustrophobic, you it's, know. Yeah, for it's, sure. it's definitely more claustrophobic. And like the uh, facial reactions and uh, like a little little ticks that come from the characters, like in between the words. Yeah, you know. I, I I think it's I think it's good. Um, I I wish I wasn't as so disappointed with the third act because I really thought it was it was going strong and and could have really fucking scored a touchdown there, but kind of dropped the ball at the last minute. That being said, still overall a solid film with a lot of things that I really enjoyed, and I think it's a good example of minimalist storytelling especially in a high concept setting just don't dumb it down just Mm -hmm. just stick with it uh i'm gonna give it a three out of five so ben you brought up an excellent point by comparing it to cube i'm really glad you Mm -hmm. brought that up because cube ends without you ever knowing who what when where or why like you or you know what what is cube and that's it yet the film still has a complete arc to it and leaves you very satisfied with the character walking off you know in, into the light that's a that's a solid comparative no i i agree uh with tis that it works great as a film my dad no complaints about that and i feel as well that it is a concept that could work quite well in those other forms that we discussed you know radio play or 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 novel form or novella like there, there are a lot of neat things you can do with that concept across multiple media. The one doctor scene, just cut it, just cut it out of the movie. Literally everything else, I, I adored, and even that was not too bad because again, you have you have the main character kind of being self aware about it. Like, I, I'm gonna give it a four. Like, I enjoyed the shit out of it, and again, like, God, the first two acts are rad. They are, yeah, they are great. Yeah. They are really rad, good. and yeah. and at least uh, so much to the imagination. And too, like, yeah, again, like, I, I like wacky concepts i like high concept shit it's just it is you it is a tightrope walk on how you deliver it and i think it does slip sure and uh on on the tightrope i think you can slip and fall to your death and i don't think they did that i think that they just slipped and they caught themselves but you know it did it did harm the act 
And uh, for that, you know, I think a four is is, is solid. I, yeah, I think that's great. Um, uh, one one point I want to make before we wrap up here, get to the sponsor, obviously, um, is that money. what sponsor is. Uh, I wanted to compare this just to a second with uh, a more recent movie that I think did this, but they executed it better with an a sort of exposition dump. Is the movie Us? Um, which I thought was excellent, okay. but the the first scene where Red appears with the family and kind of explains what's going on really ex- explains a lot of things to make it less high concept in some ways. the The thing I think that helps with that is the Several how they they twist with again with it. You know, yeah. it, it twists uh-huh. upon itself. It does um, also like the the delivery is given to you like so beautifully stylistically like the choice of having like red narrate the whole thing like this is fucking spooky like and and, and yeah it is an exposition dump but I think on also, top of that there it is it is a narration like and it is it is telling you a story also to something that is in that case even more high concept. And there's, that, a, and it, there's no way you could track degree, down and break down what was actually happening until that is explained to you. There's a degree of obscurity to her her exposition dump as well. It does lay She's out. Still a, it, about it does lay out a lot of stuff, but it does it in such a way where it's not a hundred percent on how often she's being completely literal because she gives it as sort of. Uh, as like a fable or a fairy tale, you know, she begins it with like once upon a time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's, there's some other things. I think that us is a good example of how you deliver exposition without it feel, without it feeling like they're spoon feeding things to you. Well, and the thing I like about the way it's executed in us is it's, it's definitely an exposition dump, but I think the thing is Mm -hmm. with it, you don't have to overthink the things that are explained so you can think about other things. Yeah. And it it twists upon itself after that in such a way that you're still leaving some unknowns. You're still yeah. leaving some unknowns and also the 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 concept is so so high and and so nuanced and complex. In us, there is a certain degree of, of depth that you can you can continue to read into with that film, even though it is it is a fantasy concept at the end of the day that you you cannot fully take apart literally. There is still a degree of world building beneath what we see and what is delivered even in that exposition that it still allows me to continue to play in that mentally and to to question the film also it is it is delivered so effectively like and stylistically which is why you brought it up for sure and and again the film didn't get doesn't give you enough information to tie it together so when because there's there's not really any other way to deliver that information because it is so whack so when i have that information delivered to me in that film, I'm not mad about it because there's no way I could have come to that conclusion myself because that's insane, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I don't I don't feel robbed in that sequence. That's fair. That's I, fair. You know, I feel I feel overwhelmed by how how strange of an idea it is. Um, and this film could have done that too. Like, uh, you know, like just just a few more tweaks. You know, like it it, it could have it could have done that. Well, uh, check out our review on us. <laughs> that already. Hell yeah. We delve into that a lot Such more. Such a good film. Um, and that'll oh. 
give Pool an average rating of 3.8 out of 5 pods. Check it out. Let us know what you think. And uh, before we wrap up, it's time for a word from our sponsor. Who's our sponsor this week, Cleve? Yeah, our, our sponsor this week is... Uh, 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 is, is, um, is, you ever, uh, you, you gotta, do you ever, um, what do you, what do you think? Do you ever have trouble starting a sentence? Um, well, uh, fortunately we have, uh, our, our sponsor, uh, has, has solved that problem. Um, if, if you ever have trouble starting a sentence, just, just say that your sponsor, uh, can 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 do it for you and they'll they'll complete it and then and then you've had a sponsor uh our sponsor this week was that pony pool <laughs> yep and uh, i'm actually looking at the copy that cleveland has been reading and it says exactly what he just yeah said. man like so i don't, I don't our, make this shit up like, i don't think our i don't think our sponsor is using their own product i think our sponsors lost their fucking mind that was nonsense that i just said yeah that was complete yeah. garbage like it restarts like four times uh like it, it doesn't go anywhere by the end of it it just says our sponsor is the sponsor itself that's that's really hack honestly like hey the money's in our bank account and we're getting fucking dirty rich boys yeah that's that's all that matters is that they they paid yeah, so right, so I'll, I'll read the copy every well, time but if you pay us just, even if it's if it's nonsense that makes me sound like i wasn't planning i you know ugh, ridiculous if you pay us we'll read anything oh any any anything anything uh all right well that'll bring us to the end of this week's episode next week is Child's Play? Yeah, original versus original remake. Original versus remake. I I was not super certain about the new one, but after seeing a couple of previews, I'm kind of on board. I I'm 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 very excited only because I love the original series. I think they're super fun across that franchise. And I know we're only going to watch the first one in the remake, so we won't get the full breadth of this. The but first over, one's the only one I've seen. But over but I'm the to see it over again. the course of that series, it goes in a very similar way to like Nightmare on Elm Street, where it goes from horror to comedy over the course of the series oh, yeah. in a great inventive way. Um, yeah, I, I'm just super excited to see see the original again. And hopefully the new one is good. I know we bet on it, so... I hope so. That will be the deciding film in our mid-year catch-up. Whoever accurately predicted uh, Child's Play at the end will will have the choice of what three films we watch for our our mid-year catch-up. So yeah, tune in next week for that. If you like the show... Do the ding dang thing and leave us. I mean, if you're already here, right? Like, yeah, you, you like already, the show. You're here. You like the show. We hope, unless you like listening to something you hate, which it's also you, fine. If you do, that's that's totally okay. Um, but uh, only if you like the show, leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, well, actually, if you don't like the show, also, also feel free to leave a five star rating. Five star <laughs> rating and review. That's also fine. Or, you know, wherever else you get your podcasts, if there's a way to rate it, do it, please. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at uh, PodPeoplePod. I'm posting some Dark Crystal gifts there. They were great. Thank you. Yeah. You can also follow us on Letterboxd at letterboxd.com slash PodPeoplePod for a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and the links to those episodes. Um, so, yeah. 
Uh, follow me on Twitter at Mr. Van Awesome. I'm at Mr. Sheets. I tweet uh, for at Light Arc Studio, uh, giving you all those cool screenshot Saturday uh, posts uh, from from the game. Sometimes not on Saturdays. And as promised, we do have an update on that. <laughs> yeah, it will now be officially released in early access on Steam on June twenty fifth, which I think is just a few days after this airs. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming for um, you. We're on so- Steam. Uh, if you went already from our last episode and looked for us and didn't find us, I'm sorry. We're working on it. I'll send you an e-kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, thank you as always for listening. Child's Play next week, and until next time, this has been WPOD, the pod boys, sliding into your ears like slippery brain slugs and leaving our thoughts and opinions like mucus in in your skull cavity. I'm not comfortable with Signing this. off! <laughs>